So, okay. So, before we get going. Before we get started. Uh, but I am Dorian Weinzimmer. And I'm Bobby Navia. I guess we should do that before we get started. Just introduce ourselves. Yeah. Oh, welcome to the couch. Episode 43. Episode fucking 43. This is called What Dorian Wants. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Um, this is the couch. Yes. We review movie trailers. We do. Usually. Um, we're gonna review a shit ton of them today. Get yeah, ready. we're gonna we're gonna it's talk. It's gonna be a, like a, just a. Bobby, I watched all of them. Uh, did, every movie that's coming out next week, yeah. I've seen the trailer for, yeah. and I I realized how much I don't care about <laughs> filmmaking, <laughs> modern yeah. mainstream filmmaking. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. To clarify, uh, however, before we delve into uh, what Dorian wants, <laughs> which is a question i'm not sure anyone wants to know the answer to including I actually myself tied, i like I, my the file title for this i put what's in a name mm. for our right yeah but what dorian wants is getting, <laughs> it's, okay. it's screwing on me yeah. i like it yeah um i want to mention two things because okay. I, I i didn't listen to the miss bala episode like the week it got released oh, okay, so this yeah. past week i listened to that and arctic because okay. i do listen to all of our episodes as do i um you know check it out see what's up criticize myself and uh, uh you know listen to segments where i just start saying the word like nonstop <laughs> and getting so fucking angry at myself just, that happened I, to me when we first started recording and like that's all i would listen to was that yeah, word specifically i know but um i was reading this book by the singular ursula k Le Guin. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most amazing science fiction writers of all time. Right. And uh, as I'm now discovering more, uh, also one of the most amazing people of all time. Okay. Uh, she passed away last year in okay. January. She was 89. Lived right. a really fucking awesome full life from what I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, still a huge bummer when she passed away. But this book uh, is called Conversations on Writing. And it's it was published posthumously because they were basically finishing the book when she passed away. Oh, okay. And it was her and this um, guy, David Nyman. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He does some podcasts and he's a writer and mm-hmm. talks to authors and stuff like that about process. Um, but uh, anyway, he did all these conversations with her and then compiled those conversations into this book about writing. And uh, it's broken up into three sections. She's talking about uh, fiction writing, poetry, and nonfiction. Okay. She did a lot of all three. Yeah. Um, her books are amazing. Dispossessed and Left Hand of Darkness and The Lathe of Heaven are the three that I've read. They're all absolutely brilliant. Um, and yeah, I plan to read much, much more of her. But anyway, uh, this book uh, was really fascinating on the subject of writing, but also on the subject of just like, how language uh, creates culture and shapes society because okay. that's something she's really was always very big on. A lot of her books, being in science fiction, mm-hmm. you know, writing about other worlds, a lot of that, you know, was about how the language would have evolved, yeah, right. or would exist as a result of of the way that you know politics, gender, land conflicts, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, power structures, all those things, you know, they affect how we speak. Yeah. And how we speak affects those things. You know, there's a give and a take. So her perspective on all that is really, is so, again, she was 89, had been writing like her entire life. Her wisdom on this is so broad. Right. But also like lived in, you know, it's not like she's figuring it out. It's like, no, I know this to be a mortal certainty. Yeah. You know, that this is the way things are. She's just telling you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's, it's great. But there were a couple things that she spoke about because also being a, you know, a woman, 
uh, writer, especially in, you know, she was publishing, started publishing in like the 1960s. Okay. And see, in that time in particular, it was like, you know, just a lot of, it was boys, like everything, it was a fucking boys club. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to struggle a lot to be taken seriously and all this stuff. And even when you were taken seriously, it was kind of like a, in a way, considered like a fluke. You mm-hmm. know, like, oh, look, this woman wrote a great science fiction novel. How neat. Yeah, you know, right. and it was like pat on the head, like <laughs> condescending in a way. And, um, and it, you know, a lot of what she was talking about made me think about, um, you know, some of the stuff that we've discussed on the show and in particular some of the comments that I had made on the previous episodes and this is not, you know, in response to, you know, we're not at a point where people like comment or like get mad at us for saying things. No. Because um, not enough people are listening. And most of the people that are listening know us and it all gets contextualized through our personalities. But, um, you know, in the Miss Bala episode, we were talking about like, you know, uh, the the common, you know, male screenwriters trying to write a strong female character and the oh, way yeah. that they, you know, they write like a very male oriented kind of strength mm-hmm. and then just, you know, cast a woman. And, uh, you know, that like women have a very different kind of strength and that that should be portrayed. Um, you know, that's I, I should I felt the need when reading some of her stuff, what Ursula K. Le Guin was talking about with her own struggles in life and then listening to this episode to clarify that, to say that, like, that's not to say that a woman can't be strong in the same way that a man can. OK. You know, I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. a lot of times in movies, it's it's just very clearly characterized as like this was just a dude. That, yeah. And you just put a woman in the role, yeah. you know, and that just doesn't that's a little disrespectful to everyone, to be honest. Yeah, you know? right. Um, but, you know, she was making a lot of points about how oftentimes that like even when women are given commendations, that often that is contextualized with this like it's a fluke, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, oh, how unique that this person was able to write or achieve on a man's level, you know, like something in the writing world. And again, that like really what that does, all that does is like serve to say that like, no, you're still different. Like you couldn't, it's, it's still wrong to assume that you could accomplish anything on the same level or to the same, like, you know, criteria Mm -hmm. execute on the same criteria, the way that we as men do. Yeah. Right. And that's obviously fucking horseshit, you know? So (laughs) So I, you know, so I, while listening to Miss Ball after, you know, I was reading this book at the same time. Yeah. Uh, well, like, you know, the same day. Yeah. Not while listening. <laughs> but um, it just occurred to me that like some of what I was saying might have been, interp- could be interpreted the opposite okay. way as saying something like what she was saying. That yeah. like, no, you know, like the saying that a woman's strength is different than a man's strength is somehow saying that like, again, putting them in a different box that like right, saying that like right. they can't do what we do. Yeah. They do other things, you know? Um, no, they can do what we do too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then also I was thinking about, um, Arctic, uh, in Arctic. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about like, you know, man versus nature movies. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was very interesting again, some of the stuff that she was talking about again with languages, shaping cultures and all this type of stuff was she did talk about the, basically like elimination of the female pronoun from the English language in like the 1800s. And nowadays it's more common uh, to have like, you know, when you're talking about a theoretical scenario, Uh nowadays you say like he or she or, you know, whatever is like that. And that's only a more recent thing for the past, like 300 years, you just said he, right. You know, because that just was assumed that it, sure. It could also be a woman, right. You know, but you didn't say he or she. And uh, prior to that, like prior to the 1800s, actually, it was okay to use the word they as a singular pronoun to just denote 
a person of indeterminate gender. Okay. Um, but then in like the 1800s with like Victorian era when like, you know, male dominated shit was getting a little more like codified mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and structured into civilization. This was like a big thing that came around to sort of mm. like, and you know, if you think about it, it's really profound, like in a bad way. Yeah. Um, that essentially that just erased women. Yeah. At its core level, when you think about that, what that did was like erase women from like conversation and just English, you know? Yeah, right. (laughs) And sure, if you were talking about a female character, of course you would say she and all that, but just the idea that like he includes she. Right. Like is fucked up. Yeah. And that's just, that's been ingrained in our language for like, you know, a couple hundred years. Mm -hmm. And yeah, again, only more recently has it been like, oh, hey, how about he, she? Yeah, you know he or she to just, yeah. just or the you know you get the s slash h e oh, sometimes yes, that right, know, right, he right. she, um, but you know so she fought for a long time for just like they. Why don't we just use they again? Uh-huh. You can just say they as a singular, and um, you know but that's like uh, in in English now that's considered like this crazy sin. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> if you do that, it's still according to like ML or the Modern Language Association, it's just like no, you cannot do that. Yeah. But anyway, so when talking about man versus nature movies, I was just like, it really should just be like person versus nature or people versus nature. Because again, oh, okay. I realized like, yeah, yeah, yeah. wow, even I'm still doing it. I in my head, I just did man, including that could also be a woman. Woman. You know yeah, that like yeah, man yeah. is like mankind, you know, or whatever. Right. But. You know, I get it. Like, it sure, it seems like a really trivial thing. Like, okay, look, we're talking about mankind. That's just like all of humanity. You know, yeah, man, woman. You know, there's right. a, that carries over those three letters between a lot of words. But again, it's just you know, it's those little kind of nefarious ways that like you just allow yourself, or you know, people allow themselves to just, you know, that does work on your psyche in a lot of ways yeah. you know and and in ways that aren't obvious and that's what makes it a little more dangerous in in some respects yeah you know obvious harms are easy to eliminate and avoid mm-hmm. it's the subtle ones you know that creep in and do damage over time that you don't realize until it's too late yeah the fact that yeah all this you know came up i was reading this book she was talking about these specific things and i'm listening to these episodes and i was just like oh wow i just did like two of the exact things she's talking about <laughs> right right you know while also reading the book and be like damn that's fucked up like wow yeah i can't yeah. believe we do that but she's totally right it's like yeah wow we really do do that so right. so now hopefully we all know i can share now that she's passed on she's passed this wisdom along to me through this wonderful book that everybody should check out again it's really short she's very concise you mm-hmm. know she's not a like super flowery embellished writer like she gets cuts to the heart of matters you know and she's fucking funny too and just really smart and has a lot of interesting things to say and just a wonderful imagination that's awesome and um yeah everybody should be more familiar with her uh, so yes, this is the what Dorian wants segment. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. It's what uh, better titled what Ursula wants. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, before we get into that, you tantalized me earlier with, with a little something. Um, Jeremy or Bobby lives with our good friend Jeremy. Yes. Who is also the producer of Chicago Rot. Yes. A, and and an actor in mm-hmm. Chicago Rot, very memorable one. Um, a movie you may have heard us mention several times before because of course you're repeat listeners. Of obviously, course you are. Obviously. Who would be a new listener coming in on episode 43? <laughs> that would be outrageous. Whoever you are, you're ridiculous, but 
that's cool. Thank you for listening. Um, anyway, Chicago Rot is a film that I co-wrote and directed and that Bobby was first AD on. And yeah, then yeah. Bobby's roommate, Jeremy, is a good friend of ours, uh, also produced the film and acted in the film. Yes. But um, he travels back and forth between uh, Milwaukee and Chicago quite a bit. And mm-hmm. he's been home for the past like couple of weeks. Like two weeks, I think. Yeah. I think he's coming up on two weeks. He's and been so, home. so Bobby's been getting his, his Jeremy fill. I have. Um, yeah. which is great. I'm, I'm very jealous actually. I have not gotten even like a, 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 a dosage of Jeremy, I know. uh, this trip, but I get it. He's, he's got to relax. You know, he needs, he needs his, uh, this is like his off time. We're going to turn this into like a perfume. Yeah. You know? We just need like <laughs> bottles of Jeremy, around, <laughs> you know, just spray it in the air. Oh, it's, it's Jeremy. This smells like 2017 Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> But uh, but anyway, you guys caught some caught some flicks. We caught some movies. Jeremy uh, is known for having a rather eclectic taste in yes. film. Like he he is known to like he'll be hitting you up about like you know watching this you know Czechoslovakian movie from the like the 1950s that he loved, and then he's like, dude, I'm watching the new Dan Fogelman movie <laughs> right now. Like I'm so in. <laughs> like what are you? He was telling me the other day because we were talking about he was talking to me about something that we mentioned on the podcast, and then. He was just like, I found myself yelling at Dorian like through my speakers because I was like, no, that's not what I said. I meant this or this or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, dude, but, you know, whatever. That's on you guys. You, you handle that shit. You know? <laughs> and he goes, it was just so funny because I was like having an active conversation with like <laughs> the, with, like Dorian. I'm like, yeah, I know I've been in the presence of those conversations. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Um, yeah, no, I don't always do the best job paraphrasing no. other people. <laughs> you know, I, I repeat back what I heard, yeah. not what was yeah. said. That's <laughs> so good. But I think that I think everyone's guilty of that personally. But yeah. um, but, at but my you, apologies. At least Jer- you admit it. Yeah, my apologies to Jeremy yeah. uh, for misrepresenting him because that's fun. something I'm not. Uh, I I don't want to do is misrepresent other people. Overall, when the they're con- not there to speak for themselves. Yeah. Overall, know. though, the context of that comment was that he gets a kick out of yeah us talking. That's about awesome. Him. Yeah. I'm so, I'm glad. Yeah. Well, no, that makes me. I mean, it makes me happy uh, to hear and good to know that our conversations come off so yeah. Um, casual yes. in a way that because yes. um, we mentioned a movie when we talked about Arctic last week. Mm-hmm. I forget which one it was. It'll probably come to me, but we, he he briefly mentioned it in some other conversation we were having, and I was like, "Oh, it just so happens that we were talking about this movie." It'll come. Oh, to okay. me. I can't remember which one it was. Gotcha. But it'll, yeah. It'll but anyway, you and Jeremy have been watching some movies. You we told me about you told me about a couple that you watched, but you said there's one yes. that you're not even going to mention that you guys watched until we are recording. Yes, Bobby, we are recording. Okay, so. Uh, I'm a I'm a Shutter subscriber. Mm-hmm. Okay, as and, am I. All right, excellent service. <clears throat> so good, so good. And um, so we were looking for something to watch. We ordered some food and we threw this. <clears throat> we we turned on Shutter. And um, since I've been watching a lot, just a lot of things like in 4K recently, I, I haven't been using my Apple TV a lot. So, and the Shutter is on my Apple TV. So we're scrolling. I was scrolling through Shutter to watch something. And uh, this movie came up called Big Man Japan. Oh, shit. Okay, now, I thought this might be the perfect movie to kick off our What's in a Name slash What Does Dorian Want uh-huh. podcast that we're going <laughs> to. Because today, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about a bunch of trailers to movies that are coming out next week. But too, we're g- too many movies coming out. Too many. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but we're going to talk to them, talk about them in the context of like the relationship of their the title of it to like what we're actually getting yeah. and sort of just really talk about like what's in a name like you're naming your movie something but then maybe sometimes you don't get that movie mm-hmm. or you get you know or the title is like really shitty but the movie is maybe like really good yeah uh the latter is not for any of the movies coming out next week, but sometimes I'm sure we'll, we'll do some, uh, you know, off ramping yes. with some favorites <laughs> that we like. But so we read the synopsis and I kept telling Jeremy, I'm just like, dude, like weeks leading up to this, to it being on Shutter, like everybody on Shutter was just like five more days till Big Man Japan. Uh-huh. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And like there was just a screenshot of it that I saw. And like it just totally went over my head. I didn't think about it. So. The image on Shutter is of like one of these like kaiju creatures or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, with like a big eyeball or something. It's like a pink eyeball. And so, you know, Jeremy's just like, you know, watch it. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. So we press play. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. <laughs> I have never, ever been on any heavy narcotics in yeah. my life. Like, I, the most I've, I've had a cigarette once. Uh-huh. And that was it. <laughs> Wait, you had a cigarette once? Yeah. When was that? I was in college. Yeah, this is before I knew you guys. Damn, sorry, I'm really yeah. interested in the cigarette <laughs> yeah. you smoked. I've never seen Bobby like. No, yeah. Other than like you know Tecate uh, yeah. and Malort, I've never seen any, you put anything poisonous into your body. No, yeah, I really went for it. Yeah, yeah it just didn't take. Tried it a few times. As a smoker, I can say it was probably for the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, we put this movie on, and I like I I say the narcotics thing because I just feel like this is what yeah narcotics feels like. Mm-hmm. But this movie is. I think it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. I have you seen it before? I have. Really? Yes. Oh my god, yeah. dude. I've seen Big Man Japan. I, I, like, I got thrilled. I I've seen the newsletters from Shudder and I was like, <laughs> oh man, I'm so glad they're putting this on there. I never knew what it was. Yeah. I never knew anything. I'm gonna I have the wiki page up for yeah, our yeah, listeners. Please. I wanna yeah, yeah. I wanna just read the wiki page. And right? what I can't remember the director's name. His uh, name either. is um I'm gonna butcher it, but it's right here. It yeah. is uh uh, Hitoshi Matsumoto. That's right. Yeah. Hitoshi Matsumoto. It's produced by Akiro Okamoto, and it's written by Hitoshi and Mitsuyoshi Takasu. Hopefully I'm pronouncing those right. Um, but anyways, we didn't even watch the trailer to it, right? So <laughs> That's when like we, the best way to go in. And yeah. I, it's, I feel like I only do that with Jeremy, and I feel like I should do it more because yeah. he's just like, because the last time we watched that movie and then the movie I mentioned to you, Night, Night Eats the World, Yeah. and both of them were just, Really yeah. great movie going. You gotta just take a risk, and also yeah, yeah just not having a context, you know. Because mm-hmm. as we've discussed, I think the whole point of our show is that like the subtext of our entire show <laughs> is that like you can't really trust the trailers. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really what we're getting at. Is mm-hmm. like it's so easy to understand, you know, with everything that we talk, even like the off ramps. It's like it's yeah. so easy to just like interpret this however you want. Right. You know, like in, in a lot of ways, a good trailer like allows you to imprint whatever you think the movie's going to be yeah. upon it. So you yeah. can go, oh man, I'm excited for that, right. you know? And then you're wrong, you know, or whatever, because <laughs> that's not what the movie it is. Yeah. But it misled you. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so I think going in without watching a trailer is oftentimes, yeah. I think, a, a great way to watch a film. Um, even, you know, even movies that I'm excited for that I'm like, I'm dying to see any footage, you know, and it's just like, oh, a trailer just dropped. And it's like, nope, not going to do it. it. No, <laughs> fuck it. I just yeah. want to go in for I already know I want to see this movie. Yeah. All the trailer is going to do is deprive me of seeing these things in their actual context for the first time right. in the movie. Right. You know, um, so. So, yeah. So I, I love that approach. And yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad that Jeremy brings that out in you. It, yeah. It was really, yeah. really, really, you know. 
But yeah, but please, sorry, I keep interrupting. I'm no, so no. excited you guys watched this movie. <laughs> what, uh, uh, tell tell our wonderful listeners what this film is is about. I'm okay. doing air quotes around about. So one of the great discoveries, which I'm going to kind of ruin, so if you don't want it ruined, I guess stop and watch Big Man Japan. But yeah. it's a mockumentary. Mm-hmm. And it did not know that it was a mockumentary. So for it to gradually form into one, like both Jeremy and I were like, this is kind of brilliant. It's what's going on here. So anyways, here's a synopsis. The film takes the form of a mockumentary that follows uh, Masaru uh, Daisato. Daisato is an otherwise normal Japanese citizen, except for an inherited ability to grow to a height of approximately 30 meters in response to the application of high-voltage electricity. His whole family has had this, and he's accepted the duty to protect Japan against various monsters while working for a subdivision of the defense ministry called the Ministry of Monster Prevention. The battles with the monster are televised and the ratings appear to drop or pick up depending on the event. Uh, and most of the time they're like at, uh, there's like this running joke that his ancestors were like on prime time, but he's at like two o'clock in the morning. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, um, despite his great powers, he increasingly finds himself mocked by his fellow citizens while struggling under the burden of living up to a heroic lineage that increasingly overshadows his own mediocre accomplishments as a monster fighter. Uh, to further complicate matters, he's deeply estranged from his own wife and child. Eventually, he encounters a particular formidable monster said not to be from Japan. He runs away from it, which just results in more ridicule. Eventually, he receives assistance from some other monster fighters to challenge it. This movie was fucking awesome. Yeah, it's really, really good. It was. It's. It was like seven, six or seven years ago. I think it came out in two thousand seven. Yeah, I saw because I, I saw it later. He did. Uh, uh, this director did another movie called R One Hundred. Okay. That was at Music Box for oh. one weekend, midnight screenings, midnight screenings only. Okay. Like seven years ago. Yeah. And it just it was one of those like I you know every. Every movie that plays at Music Box, basically, like I, if I haven't heard of it, I watch the trailer at the very least to see, it, especially their midnight stuff. It's yeah, like, right. You know, Japanese movie playing at midnight. I'm like, okay, what's this? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, excuse me. Um, when it was playing there, I saw the trailer and it was just like, you know, pretty fucking insane looking. Yeah. I was like, I gotta go check this out. <laughs> so, so I went. And it was really, really fucking fun. It was nice. just a weird ass movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, very strange, but like really kind of genius in some ways where you're like, I don't, there's a really specific kind of like incredible intelligence happening yes. right here. Yes. Um, it, it doesn't conform to any kind of filmmaking tradition or standard, I would say, mm-hmm. um, or convention. Mm hmm. He very much functions on his own, uh, you know, walks his own path yeah. uh, as a filmmaker, but it, it it works in such like uniquely specific ways that you, you can't kind of can't help but be in awe of it. Right. And um, so when I saw this movie, I you know, when I got home, I was just like, OK, what else has this like? Who is this dude? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Big Man Japan was the one that kept coming up that I kept uh, okay. seeing people so talking about. R100 so I saw R one hundred first, and gotcha. whenever that came out in like you know two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve, I mm-hmm. think that's when I saw that at Music Box, and then um, yeah, immediately found a copy of Big Man Japan and watched that, and was yeah pretty pretty fucking blown away. Nice. So so he like Masumoto, the director, is is the guy is Big Man Japan yes, in the yeah. movie. Yeah. So that's. 
that's who he is. But I told Jeremy, like, once we started watching it and realized that it was a uh, the moment that it kind of dawned on me was uh, they're interviewing him in his in his house. Right. And like he doesn't even flinch. and It was really great. But like a brick flies through the window, mm-hmm. like behind him. <laughs> and he just like pauses and just like. <sighs> like, that was it. It yeah. was just like another fucking window I got to fix. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, he's just like so like set in his like mediocre ways of like yeah fucking people hate me Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is but i'm still gonna keep doing this you know like um i thought to myself like this is what the will smith movie hancock should have been okay sure i thought to myself that like the the title of the movie like big man japan is like you know it's a pretty pretty mediocre title but like when you watch the movie like there's so many layers to like this guy yeah (laughs) like what he's going through and shit you know uh like from his manager to like you know oh i gotta go to like site two to get big and shit you know what i mean like little shit like this you know uh his grandfather who he goes to visit like in a a home and everything you know and then he's gotta like fight him later or whatever because the grandfather electrocutes himself and yeah all this shit but um yeah that's what i thought i was like man this movie should have been what like hancock was just like a mockumentary type of yeah of, right. of thing, you know, like, and I thought about that movie Chronicle that Josh Trank did. Oh sure, yeah, right. Um, that had a very mockumentary feel to it, but it was like it, it was like a serious movie, mm-hmm. you know, that was like a documentary style. Um, but yeah, man, we just loved this fucking movie. It was so fucking oh, I'm good. So happy to hear we, it. Like yeah. both of us were just like, and even like Jeremy for like the whole week, he's like, you better talk, you better talk about. Big Man Japan, like yeah. I don't, you just need to talk about it with Dorian. <laughs> so I'm so happy that you've seen it. Yeah. Before. Oh yeah. No, yeah. it's it's. I'm now that it's on Shutter, I really want to watch it again. Because also, like when I found it, there wasn't like a great release. You know, I watched like a DVD rip. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know that yeah. I found on like yeah. a fucking pirate web pirating website. Yeah. Because you, know, you couldn't get Big mm. Man Japan in the U.S. There hadn't been right. like a you know Kino or arrow or nobody like that had done a release i don't know i don't, still don't know if there is even actually like a good disc i think i saw on uh, that's available but i don't know if there's a, a disc but i know i saw on the um the wiki page of something about it being released okay cool uh, but yeah if there's like a you know now that shutter's got like a i'm assuming high def you know uh, yeah new transfer of it i really really need to revisit that movie because yeah. i yeah i really um yeah and r100 has this like super weird like meta textual component to it as well which is really because it's like it's a movie but then there's also like the r100 title comes from the japanese like film rating system oh okay. where their films are rated with like it's like you know like pg-13 would be the only analogous one i could think of in the united states where it's basically you have the rating and then the age range that the rating so you can sort of applies to a hundred. Yeah. So that's what the, that's okay. kind of what the thing is, is like, you know, um, so yeah, there's like a R 18 or like R 20 or something like okay. that. That's like, you okay. know, rated R, but it's like 16 and up versus movies that are rated R and they're like 20 and up or oh, something. I don't remember right, what the actual okay. ages are that they apply there, yeah, but yeah. that's the idea. Okay. So yeah. So this is a whole joke that it's like, no, this is such a fucking extreme movie that like you that. have to be a hundred to see this. that's cool <laughs> that's, yeah that's awesome. so so while you're watching the movie you yeah. get these like interstitial moments where it's like a, a bunch of studio executives like coming out of a screening room <laughs> and like sitting in a lobby just going like oh that's fantastic what are we gonna do yeah. like <laughs> and they're R90 the 90 maybe yeah. i don't know <laughs> like, like it like keeps going up yeah yeah and uh, you know it becomes becomes r100 um 
Yeah, while we were watching it, we were just trying to think of like just different elements. You know, we were trying to figure out when like certain American movies came out in relation to like when this movie came out, like in Japan or like it, it came here. Because like mm-hmm. there are elements of like The Office in it. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Totally. Like, yeah. But they're not. They don't feel like they're ripping it off from The Office. Like it's very. It fits very well for what you know the writers and the director are doing for this. Like, uh, I don't even know if I want to call it like a superhero story. Like, yeah, it doesn't no. feel like one at all. No, it's, like, it's, uh, it's riffing on the whole kaiju thing. Yes, you know, exactly. From, yeah. from Japanese culture, the big monster, Godzilla, right, obviously right. the most famous. And it's become a little more pervasive throughout, you know, international culture as well with like Pacific Rim. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, westernized kaiju. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was a really funny take on that whole idea because in japan you know kaiju movies are they're still very popular but in a lot of ways they're i guess similar to to, we were talking about zombie movies earlier how it's just it's so overdone you know it's just like god damn another like big creature movie i I get it you guys yeah you know they still do well there's a whole fandom around it Mm -hmm. uh, out there but also it's a very well-worn tropey kind of thing right in Japan. So for him to take it and apply this, yeah, very mundane kind of context to mm-hmm. it of just somebody who's kind of like over it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's a really, yeah, fun way of, of breathing some, you know, fresh air cause, uh, into a, a somewhat tired concept. Yeah. Right. Um, right. In that culture. Cause I think that, if I remember right, that movie did extraordinarily well. Okay. Like, I think that's what really put that guy on the map. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right, let's move so. on to our trailers for next week. Yeah. That are coming out. Okay. <laughs> so there are one, two, one, two, three, four, <coughs> five movies coming out next week. Yeah. That I'm going to read you the names. The first one is Cold Pursuit. <laughs> the second one is The Lego Movie 2, the second part. Uh, the third one is The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot, The Prodigy, and What Men Want. Yep. Okay. If you didn't know anything about these movies. Yeah. If you didn't... Oh, and there's also uh, Everyone Knows. Oh, yes. Everyone yeah. Knows. Uh, yeah. Penelope Cruz. Yeah. Have your bar down. Yes. Yep. Um, all right. If you didn't know what these movies were about, which one would you be like, I'm, I'm going to go see this movie? 100% The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. Right. I mean, that title is phenomenal. There, yeah. It's it's a really, really good title. I mean, it's very evocative. There's, you know, a... There's a good, like, tongue-in-cheek quality to it, obviously. Excuse me. Um, you know, with the ridiculousness of, you know, throwing Bigfoot in there and also, you know we kind of know what happened with Hitler that, you know, people conspiracy people like to debate it, but, yeah. uh, you know, there's an entire then, show on history channel. People watch right. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the sort of run on sentence nature of the title as well, yeah, right. you know, just gives it like an air of this is, you know, we're, we're not taking this too seriously. You yeah. know, this is a, you know, with Sam Elliott also, you see that he's the it's guy. Kind of, yeah. Sam Elliott is the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Yeah. And, you know, I, I also, Part of me wishes that this all happened in one night. Like that sentence also kind of just made me think that like this all happened like in one day. This guy uh, killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. Oh, it ooh, just okay, like happened. Yeah. You know, yeah, it yeah, just yeah. was like fuck. He's like, damn, I just killed Hitler, and yeah. then he's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> is that a Sasquatch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, it's just 
Or maybe maybe Bigfoot is, is actually the one who killed Hitler, but then he killed the Bigfoot and then just took credit for both. Oh, you know, or whatever. Shit. I'm off ramping here. Yeah. You know, but anyway, there's a lot to get from that title. Mm-hmm. Everything that that title connoted to me that got me excited, it turns out, is not what this movie is. No. Because I watched the trailer for and the I, trailer. Went, I went, this is the last thing I wanted to see from this film. The title is a complete misleading fucking disaster, if you ask me. Can um, I tell you that I, wa- I, I too, watched all the trailers? Yeah. Uh, except for everybody knows I didn't watch that one. Oh, yeah. But um, I feel like the titles to both of these movies, or the title to this movie and Cold Pursuit should be switched. Oh, man, yeah. Because Cold Pursuit seems like a better title for the vibe that Hitler Bigfoot gives me when I watch the trailer. 100%. If I were to, if, I, if that movie was That's called Cold point. Pursuit, I'd be like, okay, you know what? I'm not 100% sold on this movie, yeah. but that title gives that movie a certain, like, ooh, okay. I get a little bit more of that, like, yeah, you know, you know pretty well-worn legendary assassin yes. hitman character yes. kind of coming out of retirement for one last impossible job. Yes. You know, does he still have it? Uh-huh. You know, is he actually going to pull through? Yeah, like Cold Pursuit feels like much more. And then also, you know, like especially with the more serious tone, if you yeah, if you couldn't gather, I guess we haven't specifically said, but uh, the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot, the trailer is much more like a uh, you know, yeah, old man drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's total like drama. It doesn't yeah. f- seem like a comedy at all. Like yeah. none of this seems to be like it's being played for a joke. Yeah, no, it's um, and it doesn't have that FP quality either, where it's like it's being played so straight faced right. that it that becomes the joke. Right, right. This looks like no, legitimately, we're we're gonna make this like super indie drama as like Sam Elliott. Um, you know, yeah, being this sort of, I don't know, unforgiven, like William Money, mm-hmm. uh, Clint Eastwood as William Money, an unforgiven type of character. Yeah. You know, trying to sort of like atone for what he's done in the past, but also like, you know, utilize that skill set to do something good, you know, right, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's like the last hurrah. Finally, like make sense of his life and yeah. put things back in place, you know, before he can like move on. And but then they just made it that his prior thing that he's legendary for is killing Hitler, and then yeah. now his new mission is killing Bigfoot. Right. And the, but that's like literally the seems to be the extent of whatever comedic or tongue in cheek kind of like angle is applied here. Right. Um, and it just feels instead of like a really fun driving force, like Cold Pursuit, like something that is totally yeah, <laughs> like the Cold Pursuit trailer. Sorry, uh, it instead comes across as something two things that are just completely shoehorned in yeah. to an otherwise very, very shop-worn story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that we're just we're just doing with Sam Elliott now because he's at that age and it's his time. Yeah. You know? And I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the movie... I feel like the biggest disadvantage for that trailer is its title. Because when yeah, you hear totally, that title, totally. you're expecting a certain kind of movie or at least hoping for one. Right. But then when you watch it, you're like... Uh, boner killer. Yeah, the like, title. The title has. Uh, the title is very clickable. Ooh, it is. That is click. Very that click- is a clickable yes, title. Yes. However, that title has a lot of fucking baggage. It does. And you bring all that baggage into that trailer, and then it just there's a massive disconnect between the two. Yeah. And um, yeah, very very disappointing. Yeah. Um, because yeah, everything on paper about this just makes you more excited. Mm-hmm. You read the title and then you re- you're like, fucking Sam Elliott is the guy? Yeah. This is awesome. It's going to be amazing. Yep. And then, nope, nope. 
the uh, trailer immediately dispels any illusions you might have had about this yeah. actually being a fun movie. Um, so the, the trailer for Cold Pursuit is a comedy film. It's f- yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, straight up a comedy. It's, but it you know, starts off like a heavy drama. Well, okay, it's funny because when it first, the first like lines of the trailer are like Liam Neeson just saying like, I'm just a regular guy. Yes. You know, and I, <laughs> I started cracking up immediately. I was like, no, 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 Liam Neeson can never play a regular guy ever again. Like yeah. that's, that's over for him. And so I, d- I was kind of laughing at that. And then like 30 seconds. Yeah, because it does start off a little more serious in tone. And then it, it pretty quickly gets into like, OK, no, no, no. This is clearly, you know, comedy territory. Yeah. Um, but so then after when the trailer developed and I understood the much more tongue in cheek approach that this movie had mm-hmm. to itself, I actually found the beginning to be very intentional. I think that was a very intentional move on yes. their part to have Liam Neeson say, I'm just a regular guy yeah. knowing how ludicrous that would come across. <laughs> um, so, so, in a, so that made me appreciate it even more. Um, I thought the deeper it got into the comedy aspects though, like uh-huh. the more it kind of lost me. It had kind of like a nice balance in the middle. It had the opposite effect for me. Yeah. I felt like the more it went into comedy, the more and more I was watching an episode of CSI Miami and I was like, <laughs> just do it, baby. Just give it to me. Yes. It was like slow easing me into like, okay. you know, I didn't s- see any sunglasses. No, uh, but I yeah. mean like just sort of, I mean, if you've watched, yeah, I know you have, <laughs> but if any of our <laughs> listeners have ever watched an episode of CSI Miami or done a marathon, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. But like that's, that's the, the level of comedy and just ridiculousness it kept going mm-hmm. to in the trailer. Like just gave me like, wow, you are barreling towards an episode of this show yeah. and I'm, digging the fuck out of it right now. I did like, you know, the couple of quick cutaway shots to the, you know, his snowplow just like crashing into a truck and like knocking off the road. I'm like, that's what I want to see. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. And then, well, and then also dropping a tree Yeah, <laughs> on one of them. I'm like, okay, if you guys are going to play up this like ultra violent, like machinery. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally in. Yeah. There's a little, you know, there are a couple of shots with little CGI that were kind of yes. rough looking. Yeah. Um, but if, if it kind of, I'm kind of hoping there okay there's this movie called Headhunters. Yeah. That was made directed by this guy Morton Tildum who uh-huh. did a uh, imitation game yeah. with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch about um Alan Turing. And I think he did that movie Passengers. He did. Also yeah, which yeah. I yeah, heard really mixed things about. Anyway, this movie Headhunters that he did. And I, oh, it's got um I I can't pronounce it. The guy who plays Jamie Lannister on Game of Thrones. Um uh. Nicholas Coster Woldow. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I know you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. Dorian Nikolai Sh- Nikolai. David- <laughs> yeah. Dorian, shame on you. <laughs> but anyway, because he is in, he is the main character in Gods, Gods of, of Egypt. Egypt. Yep, yeah. he sure is. I should have said he's yes. the guy from Gods of Egypt, and yes. everyone been like, oh, Gerard Butler. No, not no, Gerard Butler. Not Seth. No, not Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, not the lead actor. Damn it, he's the other he's with the eye patch the eye that patch. looks like chewed up tobacco. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, he's he's great. So anyway, this movie Headhunters, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, is awesome. Okay. I really really like this movie a lot because so it up. starts off as kind of it starts off as like a heist movie, um, heisty, 
with like this guy, you know, his wife might be cheating on him okay. with this like much cooler guy, even though he's like really successful, but you could, he's like not that great looking and he's kind of like, you know, awkward and stuff, but he works super hard and, you know, is trying to like get all of that success. All right. You know, superficial success out of life. And it's this, you know, it's this height, this heist thing comes up and it's, it's very compelling on that front. And then like about halfway through the movie, like, fucking sam raimi shows up or something and it turns into this crazy blend of like not you know there's no like supernatural element but just okay. in terms of like this slapstick gore comedy element that comes into this heist movie as things start to go wrong was okay. like this is fucking mind-blowing how good this <laughs> is it's it's just balanced so well and then especially the ending i thought did a really great job of kind of tying it all back together to like just again you know at the end of the day it was just all of that stuff worked because it was just kind of the story about this guy just like kind of dealing with his shortcomings. Nice. And it was, yeah, it was very, very good movie. And I could see why he jumped from that to doing like a, you know, fucking Academy Award contending film. Like yeah, this guy right. clearly knew his shit. Yeah. Like what he was doing. Um, but um, I'm kind of hoping that Dead, uh, that Cold Pursuit mm -hmm. has some of that quality to it. If it just like kind of goes a little over the top with some of that stuff, instead of just like, you know, over-the-top CGI shit with, oh, okay, you know, now we've got all these fake trees and this big machine that he's running down the street like a giant fucking battering ram or something. Yeah. That would be awesome if it was practical. If it's a bunch of CGI nonsense, then you can fucking, you know, you can you can keep your shortcuts in your pocket, <laughs> <laughs> to quote Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> but, uh, um. So this movie is a remake. Yes, of a, Norwe of a Norwegian it? movie called yeah. An Order of Disappearance. Uh, and they got a Norwegian director to direct the American remake. I love this. It's the this same director. It's Oh, it's the same guy? Same guy. Oh, he's pulling a... a, a Hitchcock did this and uh, Mikhail Hanukkah okay. did this with Funny Games. Okay. Oh, he, right, did, right. he did both. He yeah, did yeah, the yeah. German one and the uh, Yeah, American. Hans Peter Moland mm -hmm. is the director. Nice. Yeah. So uh, In Order of Disappearance came out in 2014 and it has Stellan Skarsgård. In the role that Liam Neeson is in, okay, and uh, but what's kind of funny is that Stellan Skarsgård's name in An Order of Disappearance is Nils Dickman. This is the best thing ever, and yeah. Liam Neeson's name in this movie is Nils Coxman. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So good. It's amazing. It's so good. Already it's the perfect like American, yeah. Um, sort of just like uh, uh, extrapolation of that. <laughs> And escalation of it, you know, yes. from like from like a maybe as kind of not quite subtle, but like slightly less vulgar, right? You know, allusion to going the American, just like full on vulgar sexual innuendo of <laughs> Coxman. So William Forsythe is in the movie, yeah, or is in the trailer, right? His first, I guess they're brothers because his name is Brock Wingman Coxman. Oh, Brock Coxman, that's a fucking name, right there. Damn. Wow. Holy shit. Uh, all right. A couple of other trailers. Uh, I think I'm just going to skip past Lego. I think we kind of know yeah, what we with Lego. Yeah, they've made enough of those. Yeah. I think that it's a it's a Lego movie. They're good. The Prodigy, or as I like to call it, The Omen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Omen plus autism, yeah. I think, is, is kind of... We talked about this when you talked about the Predator. We did, yes. And yeah, that like, you know, autism has become like a superpower yeah. in, uh, in certain movies. 
Which is interesting because, you know, I was just reading an article, actually. I think it was in the Shutter um, newsletter. Newsletter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, about um, both uh, Bird Box and uh, Bandersnatch, the um, Black Mirror. Yeah. Choose your own adventure fucking thing on Netflix. I don't like Black Mirror people. Get over it. Uh, it doesn't like you. It, that's fine. It's it's chosen yeah. not to like It doesn't have either. to like <laughs> I I don't. If it did, if it liked me, I would have less respect for it because I hate it so much. Um, All right. So I appreciate that. Yeah. That's the one nice Sounds thing good. I can say about Black Mirror is that it doesn't like me doesn't either. Doesn't like you back. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but I was reading about how both of these, you know, they they've both uh, of these movies or whatever you want to call them uh, have fallen into the old trap of like mental illness, just being like the bad guy oh, yeah. or something. You know, uh, Bandersnatch apparently is like you know if you if you take your meds because yeah. your character has some sort of like uh, psychosis or schizophrenia or something like that. Um, if you uh, take your meds, you get like the most like mediocre ending in the entire thing. Oh. That's just like, and and apparently like the ending of this whole thing is like because you're designing a video game. Yes, and so like the crazier you let your guy get, like the better the video game turns out. Yeah. So it's like, you know, mental illness is kind of like this. Yeah, again, like superpower mm-hmm. like allows this like you know range of artistic accomplishment that wouldn't otherwise be achievable and the story to um, continue and that and that <laughs> controlling and that like trying to control your meds will destroy all of this yeah right or trying to control your illness will destroy all of this great stuff that it's trying to give you when <laughs> in fact a lot of people when they discover medication that helps with their illness are like oh my god i can actually accomplish things now yeah right because i can think about and like focus on shit but you know in this in bandersnatch it's like it, apparently even the critique you get about the video game uh-huh. at the end says it's like the developer just gave up halfway through. Oh, and, weird. you know, so it very much is like, you know, stigmatizing medication. Yeah. Uh, and then Bird Box is also like people who have mental illness, they don't kill themselves when they see this thing. Uh-huh. They just want to show everybody else the thing. Oh. And so they're like, you know, can, can seemingly kind of maintain normalcy. And then they just like start forcing other people to look at it because they want them to see it and like go crazy. Yeah. Um, huh. So, Interesting. you know, and, you know, again, so it's like portrayed as this controlling it or is portrayed as this like massive disadvantage in both of these things yeah. and all this stuff. And that, you know, the, the writer was pointing out that like, you know, again, this is really stigmatizing these illnesses and like blah, blah. And, um, uh, that yeah, it would be interesting to see something where you know some of these illnesses are used more as like a strength right. than like a weakness. But then you see the other side of the coin where like the predator, yeah, and then this movie apparently where yeah we are making autism this like oh my god he's a genius he's yeah. autistic, <laughs> but he's in like the sweet spot of the spectrum. Where, yeah, like you know he's everybody's not, always in the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, they're not like you All know socially crippled by this. They're just a little awkward because they're so brilliant. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, you, you know, can so rearrange your sock drawer really so, good. So, yeah. So it's like, no, I don't think it works really well when you portray this as like, you know, something yeah. that's advantageous either. It, it seems to be just as, you know, disingenuous to the entirety of it. Yeah. And, you know, somehow damaging to people's perception of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, excuse me. Anyway, so yeah, The Prodigy seems to be like. Even the title seems like a play on yeah. him having, you know, like autism. Right. You know, yeah. Now, like now, being a genius is like a, enough of like a mental illness to like make you a murderer. Yeah, 
just like uh, yeah every other mental illness apparently is enough of a motivation alone like oh they're <laughs> schizophrenic or mild psychosis or whatever so criminally insane yeah um which was another interesting thing that this article brought up was that like uh actually people with mental illness statistically are far less likely to commit any kind of like major crimes oh, okay. than people who do not have mental illness. And actually people with mental illness are far more likely to be the victims oh. of a lot of serious crimes yeah. because of the cultural stigma okay. about that people, you know, if you seem a little like unhinged or whatever, you know, that's puts people on edge and then they fucking beat the shit out of you or murder you or do other awful torturous things to you. Right, right. To try to like, you know, teach you a lesson. But then in fact, they're all criminals now <laughs> when you never fucking did anything. Yeah, yeah. But it, you know, the mindset is still that like these crazy people are the ones that do awful things and yeah. like snap and just like murder people. And it's like, no, more likely when people with severe mental illnesses snap, they like crawl into a corner and cry and uh-huh. scream at anybody that tries to come near them right. and don't do anything for like a week. You yeah, know, yeah. like that's unfortunately a little bit more of like how these things manifest rather than like, all right, I'm going to do this, go through this like meticulously prepared and planned <laughs> like execution of, you know, tons of people, you know, yeah. that fit a very specific type that fits in very narratively neatly with the specific trauma that I suffered as a child, yeah, yeah. you know, and all this kind of crap that it's like, nah, it's really, it, it doesn't work like that. It's stretching. It's, yeah. It's, it's way messier than that, yeah. you know? Um, if, if you could narrow it down to these things, they'd probably be a lot more treatable because then it's like, oh, hey, we know what the problem is. Cool. Yeah. Hey, let's deal with this trauma, you know, one specific thing in your life. But yeah, right. It's a right. myriad of factors. And, Anyway, so then something like, you know, yeah, the prodigy once again just seems to be causing all of those same types of issues, but like from the opposite angle. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> now just being like too smart will make you <laughs> an insane murderer. But he's like possessed, isn't he? I, I don't even, they just seem to make it like he's just evil. Like, oh, he's so gifted, but it's like, oh man, he's like, he's uh, evil though. I thought there's like is there a, a possession uh, thing there. I think there's there's a because pos- the big money shot at the end is just like the kid just has. I was dying laughing at that final shot when the kid just has his hand on the mom's shoulder. Oh yeah, and like laying in bed, and she's like, oh my god, this little kid. Well, what's really interesting is that I saw an early trailer to this. Who knows if it's? I'm gonna try and see on my on my phone here. Yeah. Uh, if it's still attached to it um, as a trailer, because they had, I went to go see Halloween in October when mm-hmm. it came out, and they had a trailer to this. Oh, okay. And it was it was it was scary. Like I just just took me off guard. Um, but it had it where let's see, much anticipated horror thriller. Um, is this Bloomhouse produced or no? It just says from a producer of The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Okay, yeah. <laughs> when every movie that you make, I know I wasn't a producer on on Chicago Rot, but I just wanted to say from a producer, yeah, of I've, Chicago Rot. I love just, <laughs> I love those ultra specific articles yeah. that get thrown into some of those things. It's just like well, you know, one of the people. Oh, you know, I, I always wanted to do like just obscure shit that like no one has seen that like we've done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. From a producer of the couch. What yeah. the fuck is the couch? Right. What the heck was that? You know, <laughs> just carry it through until yeah. everything. Yeah. Even though we're both involved, just say from one of the hosts of yes. the couch. <laughs> but both of the That's hosts are better, part of this. Yeah. Like, yeah. But also, this is not untrue. Right. Yeah. It is also from, you know, one of the hosts is also involved. Yeah. Both of them are. But one of them is also. 
It's really even though like synopsis doesn't give anything. It says Sarah, single, whose son Miles' disturbing behavior signals that an evil, possibly supernatural force has overtaken him. Fearing for her family's safety, Sarah must grapple with her maternal instinct to love and protect Miles in favor of, in favor of investigating what or who is causing his dark turn. Dude, this movie just looks like I think it's going to turn into another Babadook. Where honestly, I mean, it's not going to get the acclaim that Babadook did. Yeah. Uh, and Babadook had its, you know, there were things about that movie that I liked. Overall, I thought it was definitely way overhyped and okay. not nearly as good as people were saying it was. But um, man, that fucking kid in Babadook, like 20 minutes in, I was just like, you need to just off this <laughs> fucking kid. I am. Done. I've heard him scream enough, okay? Like for like three minutes at a time. Just I'm good, you know, and I get the prodigy seems like you might just end up in that territory again where you're like, you know, lady, at a certain point, I I stop applauding your efforts to do the right thing here. You yeah. really should just get this kid needs to like get locked up, hit the fucking <laughs> reset button. Your life will improve. Everyone's life will improve. Just do it. You know, the uh, the first trailer had it that the kid is actually being like. His body is not his. It's that of like a grown man. Okay. It's like I didn't get that from the trailer I watched. The uh, the it's like it's like Chucky, but minus the doll. <laughs> Literally. Okay. Because like there's a part in the trailer that like, and there was like this big article about the prodigy tra- prodigy trailer in theaters where like people were genuinely like getting so freaked the fuck out from this trailer that like they had to like the studio had to. Like cut it down. Do you remember this? Yeah, I feel like bit? that's always bullshit, though. Like but it's been they, a while since that. Not that I'm taking it seriously because I read the, I saw the trailer and I was just like, okay, there's one. Yeah. There was one jump scare. In yeah, it where but like, that happened with the nun trailer on yeah. YouTube, like Raw last year. You know, people were saying like, you know, they were handing out like vomit bags or like people were running out of the theater yeah, and yeah. all. Like it's always just like a bullshit marketing gimmick. I don't like buy any of that crap. Right. <laughs> like. Yeah, like one person on Twitter was like, oh, my God, that trailer scared me so bad. And they were just like, we have to cut it. (laughs) You know, there's no fucking the onus is on nobody right now as far as the burden of proof goes. Like, you know, you can just fucking make these claims and like nobody's, you know, nobody's going to go do the research like, oh, did people actually run out of this theater and complain? You know, it's just like, no, you know, of course, people love to just like get outraged or have like very like overblown reactions to things on Twitter. So of course I'm sure they can just, all they got to do is point to like one tweet of like, I've never been so scared in my life. Then from the the prodigy trailer, I ran out of there. I didn't even watch the movie. And they're like, there you go. There's our proof. We talked about with like bad reviews. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the same. It's the same thing. Like bad reviews just fuel more people to go see it. And like, of course, this movie's gonna it's do all, yeah, it's all spin. Yeah. It's all fucking spin. It is. And yeah, you know, well, anyway. it looks like the prodigy's doing its job. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like. I mean, I, I guess it's such a it's a weirdly bloated weekend for releases. Do you like I, the name, the prodigy? Uh, I mean, not really. So we're talking about titles. The it prodigy. doesn't. Yeah, no, that's a good good point. Yeah. Um, I mean, first off, of course, the first thing I think about is '90s techno music because I think Ooh, of the prodigy. The prodigy. Yeah. Yeah. Who's fucking awesome. Uh, but um, I'm gonna listen to that song on my way home. Yeah, smack my bitch <laughs> out. <Yes. laughs> After the whole conversation we had her, I know, right? It's terrible. You can get in my car. <laughs> smack my <laughs> bitch <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at least they're putting it out in the open. Yeah, you know? it's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. They're not. They're not hiding it inside the language. Um, 
Anyway, uh, but it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't connote a, a horror movie whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, not that every title needs to immediately tell you what type of movie it is, but there's nothing even like scary about that. Even like putting it on like a scary movie poster. Yeah. You see like the prodigy. Yeah. Just like, really? It's a smart kid. Well, I'm, I'm also trying to think of like, like child's play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that title too. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously two different eras, two different movies, but you yeah. Know, like, I guess I'm trying to think of another like name for the prodigy that would be like, you know, like the Bigfoot one. Yeah. Right. Know, I don't know. <laughs> like something, something ridiculous. Um, the man who took over a little boy's body and then haunted his family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something. Yeah. You know, Cause this clearly has like Omen vibes to it. Yes. It's oh yeah. It's literally like yeah. a take on the Omen. It's like yeah, instead of the devil taking over a little boy's body, it's just another it's just a different Damien. It's just a guy. Yeah. Whoever he might be. It's like know. Damien with an asterisk next yeah, to it. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the Damien-like character. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't, so, yeah. You know, and the, the trailer just really did not. I mean, the creepy kid thing doesn't really do anything for me whatsoever um, to begin with. But then everything they did in this trailer just seems so uninspired yeah. and just not really that interesting. Like like the ti- so maybe it's the perfect title for the movie because it's like the title ain't that scary. I don't think the movie's going to be that scary. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. It's you know, it doesn't even seemingly have connotations that are like that interesting, you mm-hmm. know, unless it's like you know, the you know, the real prodigy is uh you know, whoever's possessing this kid was like a genius who figured out how to like transplant his body into the ether realm and he's the real prodigy. And so that's why this kid's such a genius because like the spirit is a genius. And at first that's what manifests first, but then the rest of it comes through. This kid's actually a fucking moron. Got a little Johnny mnemonic going on. Yeah. Or something. Just downloading it into the brain. But I think the other ones, yeah, it seems like we've, you know, have have kind of misled us a little bit yeah. with some of these titles. Because, again, like, just looking at... And this is interesting because we haven't really taken this perspective, I don't think, on trailers. We've, of course, talked about... Notably talked about some some titles in the past. Like, yeah. Uh, like uh, Hitman Day of the Soldier. Uh, otherwise known as Sicario Day of the Soldado. It's never getting old for you. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, and, uh, and others. But, uh, but I think specifically talking about, you know... Uh, yeah, like, and and talking, you know, we've talked many times, of course, about how just how the trailers represent the film or don't represent the film properly, but just talking right. about specifically, like, title to trailer yes. relationship. Right, right. You know, what do you expect just from these words? Yeah. And then versus, the, you know, this week was a very ripe one, I think, for it, because it had so many examples of uh, good and bad yeah. usages. Mostly, I mean, I guess mostly bad. Yeah. Uh, or Or good if you just swapped a couple of them. Right. Oddly enough. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting how like all of not all of them, but I think a majority of them become movies that I am more interested in. If yeah. you switch the titles. Up, totally. You know, because I mean, like you you hear that so many times where like people go into like pitch an idea and they're like, oh, it's like Die Hard in a building. Mm-hmm. And it's like <laughs> sold. Yeah. Yes. I want to see that. Yeah. It's like I got it on Blu-ray. Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, Die Hard was in a building. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> this building's different, right? You know, and like the there's a there's a movie that I really like. Uh, that the guy uh, Joe Cornish. Uh, we didn't talk oh, about yeah. the movie, but he just came out with uh, the kid who would be king, 
It's oh, his, okay. It's his second, oh, I didn't realize that was Cornish. Yeah, that's Cornish. Yeah. So it's his second, you know, uh, feature directorial. You know, Attack movie. the Block was his Attack first. Attack the Block was yeah. the first one, which is really, really, really awesome movie. But like the back of that movie, uh, the Blu-ray is like the Predator meets the Goonies. Like mm. that's that's what it says, you know, on on the back there. Um, but like. You know, titles are really important because, like, ideas and, you know, sometimes billion-dollar ideas are just sold on a title. Right. And I... Snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane. Yes. Um, And so, like, I think, you know, we talk a lot about the content in, like, a minute and a half to two minutes in these trailers and stuff like that. But it's, like, the title is really important, too. Like, it's really important to, like, consider that. A very good title should, like, you know, upon viewing the thing, enhance your ability to continue digging deeper into the piece. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't just be one of those things where it's like, you know, halfway through the movie, they just say the name of the movie and you're like, oh, that's why it's called that. Yeah. You know? Right. Great. Okay. That's, you know, that's a running joke in culture. You know, that like that's such a dumb way to approach titling something. Um, you know, things that it's, it's tricky though. I get it. How hard it is to like create that sort of like evocative sense, but also like an understanding of what the thing is, Yes. you know, and, and have, you know, have it all, so to speak, just in a very pithy statement, um, that forms your title. But yeah, certain things, you know, were movies like this that seemingly are not, you know, they're not putting that much, uh, pressure on their titles no. to carry that much weight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cold pursuit is not nearly, I get it, they were kind of going for that, I don't know, the joke being that, like, sort of hard-boiled, like, overly serious, you know, kind of title for the thing Yeah. that ends up being a joke. But for how jokey the movie appears to be, that title is not even close to extreme enough. I no. don't know why they, like, got to Cold Pursuit and thought that was, like, so perfect that, like, we yeah. should just stop there. And it's like, no, I mean, even, like, I don't know, you know, the steaming icicle of justice or something, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like you've got to go that far, like hard boiled noir with it to like make just, that joke work. Just call it Coxman. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Coxman, Coxman. snowplow driver, Sorry. you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, the snowplow yeah. driver. And then, you know, and then obviously we talked a, a bit more at length earlier about the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot yeah. and then the, what that title does and why it's so at odds with what the movie is. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, 100%. Like, that type of, like, self-awareness in the title would have fit so much better with Cold with Pursuit. Pursuit and, and that sort of more hard-boiled kind of, like, vibe that's not taken to a ridiculous extreme of that Cold Pursuit represents yeah. in a title is obviously way more applicable. Yes, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, that's... That's what's in a name, I guess. A lot, you know, it does. It sets the stage even before you watch the trailer. That's like legitimate. The one essentially reliable piece of information that anybody has before they click play on a trailer is the title. Is the title. You know, they might not know who directed it, who was in it. It's like they're just going to see these words that you put there. Yeah. And that is like literally, yeah, uh, you know, uh, going to create a context. It's already going to create an expectation for then even the two minute trailer they're about to watch. Yeah, that right. if it doesn't meet that, you know, like, a, you know, the Hitler Bigfoot bullshit is the perfect example of this. That it was like, you read that title, you go, holy fuck, I want to see that. Yeah. And then you watch the trailer and your media are like, I've already been betrayed by this person. <laughs> There's yeah. no way I'm gonna waste my time fucking watching this when you couldn't even you couldn't even go two minutes without fucking betraying me. Yeah, right. You exactly. know that's a bad sign. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. 
That's what's in a fucking name, people. Well, everybody, pay attention to the names yeah. of the movies that you're watching. Of the trailers that you're watching, excuse yeah. me. Pay attention to and the, the movies. And the movies. Yeah. You know. And everything. And think about that. Like, more credit. Like, did the name really improve? Is, is, is the name giving you a sense of and an opportunity to continue to enhance your enjoyment of the film? That's something people don't think about critically enough. Usually it's just the name is considered such a utilitarian thing. Yeah. To just like let people know like a basic piece of information or like name of franchise, you know, or theme or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, but it, it can really do a lot more than that. And, uh, you know, the great ones know that. Um, so one final thing I want to mention, because I think this is a good little good little thing for our titles. Yeah. And is uh, so the we're recording this. On the day that Velvet Buzzsaw comes out yeah. <laughs> on Netflix. Yep. And I think just alone, Velvet Buzzsaw is a pretty fucking cool name. It is. It's a cool title. Yeah, it's right? a good title. And I feel like the trailer goes even further than the title. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. It's like, it really goes. You know, the term is slang for uh, cunnilingus. Is it? Yeah. Velvet Buzzsaw? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Did you like know this or did you look? I'd heard it. You, yeah, no, I'd heard, heard, heard it before. before. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So it's got a very like, yeah, crude sexual like uh, euphemism, you know, as a title, which I like. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that like when I saw that and it started going into the art world a bit more, I'm like, so why is this <laughs> have a sex name? You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I felt, you know, it the connotations to the art world I think can be, you know, uh, you could see how they're very well could be, you know, that like yeah. you know, many times taking these things that are considered like vulgar and spinning them into something more profound, of course, is something that a lot of right. pretentious art has done in the past. So, yeah. you know, yeah. Even with titles. The title, you know, this is like the movie could, the title could prove to be like the movie, you know, having its own sort of like uh, vitriolic take on itself as being just another one of these works of art that it's lambasting in, in the actual movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, like, yeah. I'm just as much of the pretentious, shitty artist as, like, these people are, you know. But, like, uh, hey, at the end of the day, isn't that kind of what art... Yeah, isn't that what you got to do, right. you know, is take that risk to make anything, you know, that might prove to be worthwhile? Yeah. Because what is pretentious aside from just, like, a highly personal expression that just doesn't connect, you know? Right. Like, in all, in all honesty, like... Yes, there's lots of people that pretension of you know comes in a lot of other ways, but I think a lot of art gets needlessly filed into that category just because it didn't connect with you, and so therefore it feels like indulgent mm -hmm. and pretentious. But there still might be like a really highly personal thing that like that artist still feels profoundly, and that other people might feel profoundly, but that just because it didn't speak to you directly, right? You just write it off as like bad art. And then yeah. pretentious is just kind of like a catch-all term for that when, you know, it should be applied with a little bit more uh, uh, specificity. Thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thought. I, I was, thought might be asking a bit much of people these days. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, still got to challenge it. Yeah, right. There you go. All right, everybody. Well, that is episode 24. 43. <laughs> Fuck. I think no, fuck it. That's episode twenty-four, dude, no, folks. You know we're what, out. You know what happened is you told me the like the, the name for Velvet Buzzsaw, <laughs> and I got I literally just felt I got I, I got like creeped out for some reason. I don't know. It's just on my mind now. Yeah. Yeah. And twenty, you associate the number twenty-four with Cunnilingus? I'm just tongue-tied. Twenty-four frames <laughs> per second. I'm twenty-four just, flicks per second. I'm is just, that? Just, <laughs> I'm just tongue-tied. That's all it is. All right. Yep. <laughs> 
I love this. This is perfectly. What this yeah. is. I just got fucked up right What's now. What's in a name, folks? <laughs> yeah. Episode 24. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>